Hello and welcome to this Endo Life episode 119. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. This podcast is here to educate and shouldn't be used as a replacement for your current medical treatment. As always, I want to thank our first sponsor today, BU. These guys are the makers of the incredible period patches that I love and also a beautiful organic CBD range, menstrual cup and chafing cream. And they really are one of the pioneers of natural and really quite revolutionary periods care, in my opinion. I have seen these period patches change people's experience of their periods so dramatically and their experience of endometriosis so dramatically. And they are really one of the first things that I recommend to my clients if my clients are going through a flare-up or it's taken a while for their symptoms to calm down and for us to implement changes. I still want to provide my clients with something that's going to provide relief, you know, in that current moment. And I always recommend BU period patches because I just believe in them so much and they have helped me so much and they're natural. And it's just when you are so commonly faced with all of these different drugs that can have side effects, um, they have their place, but sometimes you just want a more uh, side effect free option. So um, I absolutely love these patches. They've been helping me through a interstitial cystitis flare up that I've been going through recently. You can find out all about that on Instagram. Um, and if you want to try the BU patches for yourself, you can just head to the link in my show notes or go straight to their website, which is buonline.co.uk. So that's B E younline.co.uk. If you are in the US or in Canada, you can actually also order your BU patches from Cult Beauty and they will ship to the US or to Canada. So that's cultbeauty.co.uk. Let me know how you get on with them. This episode is sponsored by my new free workshop, Creating a Roadmap for Endo Healing in 2021. In this workshop, I'm going to show you how to overcome overwhelm and identify your core endo challenges. I'm going to teach you my eight key pillars of healing and together we'll set goals and next steps so you can begin managing endometriosis confidence and clarity and take action immediately following the workshop. So let me tell you a little bit more about the steps that we're going to go through. In the first step, we're going to define your why so you feel motivated and you have something to anchor you if things get tough and give you the momentum to get going in the first place. The second step is we're going to identify your core endo challenges so that you can prioritize focusing on the symptoms that are affecting you the most rather than having to tackle everything at once because I know that's a big problem for many of you. Number three is we're going to get clear on your desired symptom outcomes so you can see where your roadmap is going and put the right healing strategies in place to get there. The fourth step is my favourite. You're going to learn the primary and secondary pillars of healing so that you can establish which strategies to start with first and which ones to begin later in your journey so you can really avoid that overwhelm and know exactly what your next steps are. Number five is we're going to set one to three goals and we're going to create one to three baby steps that you can get started with right away and guys I'm not dictating the goals or steps you make you can make them as small or as big as you like and we'll kind of go through 
what feels good for you and what feels realistic and attainable and achievable, but also still exciting. So I'm not going to go and tell you to do something crazy. Don't worry about that. Now, I wanted to do this because overwhelm is one of the key reasons people get stuck with managing endometriosis. I did a couple polls on Instagram last year, um, in the autumn, I think it was. And the majority of you said that you didn't know where to start with endometriosis, managing endometriosis naturally and, and holistically because you felt so overwhelmed. And making change is hard for anyone. But when it comes to healing endometriosis, it can certainly feel even harder and it can be even harder right we're dealing with so many different things and there's so much information out there and much of it is conflicting and you've got all of these different symptoms and you don't know which one to focus on first so it can be really challenging to know where to start so I would love you to join me to get unstuck clear on your priorities and confident about your next steps with healing registration opens tomorrow and there are two dates so there's two dates to join monday the 18th at 7 p.m gmt or saturday the 23rd at 9 a.m gmt and i basically did those two days and two times because i wanted to try and um make this as accessible as possible for as many of you as i can most of my listeners are based in the uk europe America and Australia. So the 7pm slot should get most of you in America and be, you know, open to anyone and most people in Europe and the UK. And then Saturday at 9am gets some of you in Australia and Europe and UK. Obviously, unfortunately, I can't do certain hours um, for Australia and other places just because it's literally like my 1am. So um, you can, if you can't make the live workshop, um, you can watch a replay. I, You can still sign up for it and I'll send you the replay. So just because you can't make it live, don't think you can't sign up. You can. I'll send you the replay afterwards. Um, but it is an interactive workshop. So if you can join live, it really will be worth it. So if you want to register, the registration date, the registration opens tomorrow. So keep an eye on my Instagram, keep an eye on your emails and keep an eye on my website. You can sign up through all of those different options and I'll be talking about it and sharing it. Okay, I also want to share some very exciting news. Most of you know I've been working on a course and my course, Live and Thrive with Endo, is released next Monday. So you can sign up for the course from next Monday, which is just so exciting. I feel like the past seven years has been leading to this moment. Um, in this eight-week course, you will transform the way you manage endometriosis and learn the tools and strategies for reducing your symptoms naturally so you can thrive with endo and get your life back. This course is literally a step-by-step -step outline of my exact one-to-one -one coaching program. It's a roadmap for reducing pain, bloating, fatigue, and brain, brain fog, and all of the other symptoms that come with endo. And this really is the most comprehensive and clear resource that I offer other than working with me one-on-one -on -one directly. By the end of this course, you will have learned the key contributors to endo development and symptoms and how to lower the symptoms and manage the disease. You will have discovered your personal endo triggers, created your own unique and tailored endo nutrition plan, learned the role of hormonal imbalances in endo and created your own hormone balancing food and lifestyle plan, identified areas of gut health that need healing and began your own gut healing regime, improved your energy levels and brain fog, 
identified which supplements are right for you, created a toolbox for long-term endo management and short-term symptom relief, and learned how to track and sync your food and lifestyle to your menstrual cycle for better periods, reduce symptoms, and hormonal balance. I'm going to be sharing even more about this course next week. That's just a sneak peek, so keep your eyes peeled. If you're a newsletter subscriber, you'll receive information next week and a special discount. If you're not a newsletter subscriber and you're interested in the course, you can join the waitlist and you'll be also, you'll be emailed and you'll have the option to become a newsletter subscriber if, if you want to do that. So the link to the registration for the free workshop will be released tomorrow and the link for the waitlist for the course is in the show notes of this episode. So just if you want to sign up or if you want to be on the waiting list, just go to the show notes and you can do so there. Okay, so today is the last in my series on root causes of endo symptoms. And today I want to talk about something that has affected my life in the past and I know continues to affect so many of you. 95% of you voted for this episode. And so, of course, I'm assuming that most of you are affected by this. And with all of these other symptoms that I mentioned, brain fog and fatigue, they're no different. It's not just endo itself that's directly causing the endo, the, the brain fog and fatigue. So I want to explore today 10 of the root causes so that you can hopefully in 2021 begin to alleviate some of this and get some of that energy back. So number one is dysregulated blood sugar. And guys, this is honestly such a big one with my clients. I've done a lot of episodes, I've done a lot of episodes on this, but just in case, let's do a recap. Your blood sugar levels are the measurement of glucose in your bloodstream. And glucose is essentially a simple sugar and it's what our body uses for energy. Carbohydrates break down into glucose to provide us with energy to fuel our day. So this is fuel for both the body and the brain. So the brain needs glucose to focus. There are two types of carbs that provide us with energy. Complex carbs, which include whole grains, veggies, beans, and pulses, and simple carbs like refined foods such as pastry pastries, pastries, flours, white bread, sweets, chocolate, etc. Complex carbs are made up of longer chains of glucose. They're fibrous and so it takes longer for the body to break them down. As a result, our blood is essentially drip-fed glucose bit by bit across a few hours so we have a steady stream of energy. It's important also, it's worth me mentioning here, that glucose is actually delivered to the cells by a hormone called insulin. Insulin is essentially like a pickup truck. It goes around, picks up glucose and delivers it to our cells, like a Amazon delivery driver delivering packages. We want to feel that our body is energized and our mind is focused over a sustained period of time. I'm assuming that's what we all want, um, but biologically that's what our body wants. In contrast, simple carbs are made out of short chains of glucose. In most cases, their fiber is stripped out and so they break down in the gut very quickly. This results in a large amount of glucose being delivered in one go. And the result is a surge in blood sugar. And that surge in blood sugar may, may leave us feeling wired, buzzy, kind of crazy alert. But soon the opposite occurs. So when blood sugar spikes, 
the body sees it as a stressor when it spikes like this, not when it is nicely, gently elevated and kind of sustained over a period of time, like with complex carbs. But in the case when we've had refined carbs or we've had simple sugars like honey or maple syrup, then our blood sugar levels spike and the body sees this as a stressor. It releases lots of insulin into the bloodstream, so that hormone that acts like a pickup truck, to get the glucose to cells. Problem is, the sugar levels in our blood then plummet really quickly because the body has worked very hard to get all of the cells, the energy that it believes we need because we've packed it with sugar. When blood sugar spikes like this, the body sees it as a stressor and in response, it releases lots of insulin in the blood to get the glucose to the cells quickly. The problem is, is that our sugar levels then plummet because all of the glucose leaves the blood very quickly and we have no more glucose in our energy as a constant source of fuel. So we crash and then we feel shaky, exhausted, dizzy, sleepy, brain fogged. And our brain then recognizes that there's no glucose in the blood. And despite having had a huge bowl of white rice or cocoa pops just an hour ago, our brain tells us we're now hungry again and it craves a carb, sugar or caffeine fix to get our levels back up quickly. So basically, too little glucose in the blood and too much glucose in the blood is a stressor for our body and we want that nice even line of glucose. So this blood sugar spike and then blood sugar drop scenario then creates a roller coaster where you are kind of constantly going up and down all day because you're spiking your sugar levels to bring yourself back up. You may notice that you feel your worst energy dips when you wake up mid-morning, mid-afternoon and after dinner. That's not the case for everyone, but those are some classic signs. Blood sugar dysregulation is a problem for endo as it can fuel inflammation. But in terms of endo fatigue and brain fog, blood sugar dysregulation is a problem for endo as it can fuel inflammation and hormonal imbalances and cause issues like estrogen dominance, which creates problems like heavy periods and painful bleeding. But in terms of fatigue and brain fog, it can directly cause both and also disturb our sleep. So if you're waking up at 2, 4 a.m., your dinner may not be the most blood sugar balancing for you and you might want to look at adding fat, fiber, protein and complex carbohydrates to your dinner to make sure that you have stable levels and you can sleep through the night. To learn how to manage your blood sugar, I've linked to my solo episode on managing blood sugar and that can help you to get started. Obviously, if you'd like to learn more or you would like more support, then my course is being released next week and I have a whole module on blood sugar and how that affects endometriosis and how you can manage that in there. Number two is HPA axis dysregulation. I really, really want to do more on this in future episodes because I think it's just a really big problem within our community and it's something that I've been doing a lot of work around with my clients this year. So the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is a system which allows the brain and the adrenal glands to communicate. So the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland send signals to the adrenals to control various functions, but primarily the stress response and our internal body clock. So if this wasn't working, you probably wouldn't wake up um, because you need cortisol to rise to wake you up. So if you're stressed by something, 
your brain tells your adrenals to release cortisol and adrenaline so that you can do whatever you need to do to make it through. That The cortisol and the adrenaline, there are kind of go, go, go hormones. They are survival hormones. They get you to like run fast, get ready to fight, get ready to flee. And in terms of your body clock, your HPA axis runs something called your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep-wake cycle. So if you think about a graph, your cortisol levels rise in the morning to wake you up. And they begin to gently decline after about an hour from waking. They continue to rise for about an hour and then they begin to very gently decline. And they decline across the day, taking quite a sharp dip at about four o'clock. That's what that 4 p.m. kind of energy crash is. And declining further into the evening so melatonin can rise and you can get to sleep. Now, the HPA access is designed to deal with temporary acute stress. It wasn't designed to pump out adrenaline and cortisol constantly. In fact, this is actually damaging to the body. The problem is that in this day and age, we're facing stresses all the time. Social media, emails, constant news, inflammation, even actually over-exercising can be a problem. So eventually what the adrenals do is they become resistant to these signals perhaps in an attempt to protect us from the damaging long-term effects of high cortisol. And so as a result, because the adrenals have now become resistant to signals coming from the brain, cortisol production lowers. So that might sound like a good thing because, okay, so we don't want too much cortisol. Great, it lowers. But it actually means that we're now less able to deal with stress and stresses, but we also don't have enough cortisol to get us through the day. And you can see this in what's called a car test, where we look at your cortisol awakening response. And so our cortisol awakening response, the pattern will become dysregulated. This could look like a low level all the time. So you feel exhausted, brain fogged and overwhelmed all day and night. But it can also look like having a flipped curve where your levels are low during the day. So you feel really exhausted during the day, but then they peak at night, which is one of the most frustrating ones and one that I've experienced myself. I've actually written um, a couple of articles on this and I've written an article on simple strategies for alleviating HPA access. So I will link to that in the show notes. It can be a long process. For some of us, it really depends how low the HPA access is now functioning. Um, and the changes that you need to make. If it's, you know, if your job is the thing that's burdening you out, it might be that the job needs to to change before a dramatic difference can be seen, but it doesn't mean that you can't make improvements. Okay, so number three is yet again, SIBO. So just to give you guys a recap, if you haven't kind of listened to the last couple of episodes or my episodes on SIBO, SIBO stands for Small Intestine Bacterial Overgrowth. And it occurs when bacteria that should be in the large intestine end up in the small intestine and as a result cause problems like bloating, gas, nutrient deficiencies, leaky gut, constipation, diarrhea, fatigue, brain fog, lots of different issues. And SIBO symptoms we often think of as, you know, IBS, but they can really be wide-reaching in terms of our body. They can even include things like tingling hands and feet, but they can especially include brain fog and fatigue. And that's particularly the case with hydrogen sulfide type SIBO as well. 
So SIBO bacteria contain a cell wall. And when these cells die, as any cell does, you know, cells die and renew all the time and the new bacteria grow in the case of SIBO, these cells disintegrate and expose their cell wall to our, to our gut. And their cell walls are called endotoxins or uh, lipopolysaccharides, I've got two names, and they're actually toxic to us. And they cause a full body reaction because they pass through the gut wall because we often have leaky gut. They inflame the gut and then they inflame the body because they've now created an immune reaction. And so this can cause headaches, brain fog, fatigue, mood problems, achy joints. And they've actually done a study in mice and it's shown that lipopolysaccharides can have an inflammatory effect on the brain in mice. Secondly, hydrogen sulfur found in hydrogen sulfide type SIBO is actually toxic to our bodies and can actually affect the brain, often causing anxiety, depression, brain fog and fatigue. And this is quite common to see with hydrogen sulfide type patients. So getting tested for SIBO could be really important here. It might be a long-term goal to manage it and treat it because it is expensive, but getting tested would be helpful. You can get tested privately. You might be able to get tested on insurance. I will put a link to places you can get tested in the US. You obviously have to do a little bit of research um, on where you can get tested in your country. I'm going to link to my episode on the how to test because you really want to make sure you're getting the right test and I'll link to private tests that I use in the UK you can try and get it on your on the NHS but not many doctors know about it and I'm not 100% sure of the kind of tests they use and whether they're the um, best type of test but you're looking for a free hour lactulose test and I'm not sure if all NHS um, hospitals will do that but you can certainly try so this leads me on to my next point. Number four is nutrient deficiencies and dehydration. I've sort of kind of lumped those two together. But if you have SIBO, IBS, leaky gut, or some kind of gut health issue, you may not be absorbing nutrients properly. And brain fog and fatigue are often signs of low iron, low vitamin D, low B12, and low folate. And that's just to name some of the common ones that are affected by SIBO and cause fatigue and brain fog. So, you know, if you do have SIBO, it doesn't mean that you're going to be nutrient deficient forever. You might need to get on top of the SIBO, but also just supporting your gut wall or su supporting nutrient absorption with some um, hydrochloric acid or digestive enzymes to support your stomach could be really helpful taking oral supplements so you're not kind of taking a tablet but you're actually spraying an oral supplement into your cheek so it's absorbed through your bloodstream could be a helpful option as well. I will provide a few different options for those in my show notes but I would recommend going back and listening to my episodes on the endo belly because I talk about supporting your gut health with hydrochloric acid and digestive enzymes there too. Dehydration is also huge for energy and cognitive function. Dehydration can cause brain fog, memory problems, trouble focusing and fatigue. Your urine should be a very pale, almost clear yellow. Um, if it's not, then you're leaning towards dehydration. I'm going to link to my episode on hydration for 
endometriosis and why it's so important. And there's a urine colour chart in there and a calculator in there as well for working out how much water you need. But the kind of rule of thumb is half your body weight in ounces. So you would take, if you were £100, you would split that in two so you've got £50 and then you just replace the pounds with ounces. So you can get tested for nutrient deficiencies by your general practitioner. Um, usually that's just a standard blood test. Sometimes these aren't 100% accurate. You can get something called an organic acids test. I have used them and I'm just, I'm not 100% convinced of how useful they are for the price that they are. There is another test called SpectraCell, which can be helpful, but you would have to do that privately. You'd have to do both of those privately. So I've linked to Brianne um, Fulton, who came on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she actually does nutrient testing with a SpectraCell test. So I've linked to her in the show notes. Okay, so following on from this is celiac disease at number five. So celiac disease is a severe reaction to gluten that causes the body to actually mistakenly attack the gut lining and the body rather than just the gluten itself. It causes a lot of different health issues, including nutrient deficiencies and IBS problems. And it's been associated with endometriosis. And research has found that people with celiac disease are nearly twice as likely to develop endo or be diagnosed with endo, especially within the first year of their celiac disease diagnosis. And they've also found that people with endo are significantly more likely to develop autoimmune diseases, including celiac disease. So there needs to be more research done, but the links are really interesting so far. So celiac disease doesn't just cause gut health issues, but it also causes brain fog and fatigue. These are commonly reported symptoms with people with celiac disease, and they've actually been associated with celiac disease in studies, though they do want to do more research into this. Just to give you an example, one small study actually found significant improvements in cognitive function after having a year of no gluten, and the cognitive impairment that they measured at the beginning was significant as well. The causes aren't clear at the moment, but are thought to be linked to deficiencies, inflammation, and potentially gluten itself. And I've linked to some fascinating articles and podcasts to learn more about that. And on top of that, you know, celiac disease causes leaky gut. Um, that's one of kind of the side effects of it. So leaky gut could also be causing the brain fog and the fatigue because it causes this inflammatory reaction. And gut dysbiosis can also cause brain fog and fatigue. So an imbalance of bacteria in your gut if you have an unhappy gut. So I'm kind of highlighting celiac disease here, but gut health issues like leaky gut and gut dysbiosis could also be causing brain fog and fatigue too. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. BU make natural, organic products to help us to manage our periods, sleep well, and achieve a greater sense of well-being. Their product line is expanding all the time with just amazing products that I, I love. I'm so happy that this company exists because they're natural for a start, and they really focus on 
menstrual well-being and that's just so important to me. They have a CBD balm, CBD drops, CBD sprays um, that can all help you to manage your um, menstrual pain. They have patches which you can use during the beginning of your period and the lead up to your period to soothe pain and the endometriosis community love them. There's also the sleep pillow mist. So if you're really trying to improve your sleep or you're trying to reduce levels of anxiety when you're sleeping, the sleep pillow mist is just full of soothing essential oils to help with that. They have a menstrual cup now and a menstrual cup foaming cleanser. Um, So if you can wear menstrual cups, then I totally recommend BU. Their cup is made with um, 100% soft medical grade silicone. There's no PBA, no latex, no dye. As I said, all of their products are natural. The company are really committed to women's rights, menstrual health, and good quality products. And I mean, obviously, I know them personally because they're my sponsors, and they're just a lovely company to support. So if you're interested in having a look at their range, the link is in my show notes. Um, I would love to hear what you think and how you get on with them. Be you. Start soothing period cramps a natural way. This episode is sponsored by my new free workshop, Creating a Roadmap for Endo Healing in 2021. In this workshop, I'm going to show you how to overcome overwhelm and identify your core endo challenges. I'm going to teach you my eight key pillars of healing and together we'll set goals and next steps so you can begin managing endometriosis confidence and clarity and take action immediately following the workshop. So let me tell you a little bit more about the steps that we're going to go through. In the first step, we're going to define your why so you feel motivated and you have something to anchor you if things get tough and give you the momentum to get going in the first place. The second step is we're going to identify your core endo challenges so that you can prioritize focusing on the symptoms that are affecting you the most rather than having to tackle everything at once because I know that's a big problem for many of you. Number three is we're going to get clear on your desired symptom outcomes so you can see where your roadmap is going and put the right healing strategies in place to get there. The fourth step is my favorite. You're going to learn the primary and secondary pillars of healing so that you can establish which strategies to start with first and which ones to begin later in your journey so you can really avoid that overwhelm and know exactly what your next steps are. Number five is we're gonna set one to three goals and we're gonna create one to three baby steps that you can get started with right away. And guys, I'm not dictating the goals or steps you make. You can make them as small or as big as you like and we kind of go through what feels good for you and what feels realistic and attainable and achievable but also still exciting so I'm not going to go and tell you to do something crazy don't worry about that now I wanted to do this because overwhelm is one of the key reasons people get stuck with managing endometriosis I did a couple polls on Instagram last year um, in the autumn I think it was and the majority of you said that you didn't know where to start with endometriosis, managing endometriosis naturally and and holistically because you felt so overwhelmed. And making change is hard for anyone, but when it comes to healing endometriosis, it can certainly feel even harder and it can be even harder, right? We're dealing with so many different things and there's so much information out there and much of it is conflicting and you've got all of these different symptoms and you don't know which one to focus on first. So it can be really challenging to know where to start. So 
I would love you to join me to get unstuck, clear on your priorities and confident about your next steps with healing. Registration opens tomorrow and there are two dates. So there's two dates to join, Monday the 18th at 7pm GMT or Saturday the 23rd at 9am GMT. And I basically did those two days and two times because I wanted to try and um, make this as accessible as possible for as many of you as I can. Most of my listeners are based in the UK, Europe, America and Australia. So the 7pm slot should get most of you in America and be, you know, open to anyone and most people in Europe and the UK. And then Saturday at 9am gets some of you in Australia and Europe and UK. Obviously, unfortunately, I can't do certain hours um, for Australia and other places just because it's literally like my 1am. So um, you can, if you can't make the live workshop, um, you can watch a replay. I You can still sign up for it and I'll send you the replay. So just because you can't make it live, don't think you can't sign up. You can. I'll send you the replay afterwards. Um, But it is an interactive workshop. So if you can join live, it really will be worth it. So if you want to register, the registration date, the registration opens tomorrow. So keep an eye on my Instagram, keep an eye on your emails and keep an eye on my website. You can sign up through all of those different options and I'll be talking about it and sharing it. Okay, number six is hyperthyroidism. And this is one that I really want to talk more about on the show. The thyroid and the thyroid hormones are responsible for major tasks in the body. They help your body to burn fuel and they essentially help you to make energy. They support brain health, heart health, digestion, and so much more. They're really absolutely essential. And this is why when hyperthyroidism does occur, that it's such a problem. So hyperthyroidism is actually one of the fastest growing conditions for women in the world, which is slightly scary. One in eight of us are developing a thyroid issue in our lifetime. And studies have actually linked hyperthyroidism to endometriosis. With hyperthyroidism, the body's not making enough thyroid hormones, and so the thyroid levels start to peter out. Um, And this can be caused by issues such as nutrient deficiencies, chronic stress, autoimmunity, and even xenoestrogens, which we know also have an effect on endometriosis. Symptoms of hyperthyroidism include fatigue, brain fog, hair loss, dry skin, low libido, cold sensitivity, and that's that's just a few of them. Hashimoto's thyroiditis is one of the leading causes and it's an autoimmune condition where the body attacks the thyroid by mistake. We do know that people with endometriosis have higher chances of developing autoimmune conditions but in our case I can't help but wonder if the chronic stress of living with the disease is potentially the real culprit behind it because we know that high cortisol levels actually lower and suppress thyroid hormones. So you can get yourself tested by your GP, but these tests only show once you have a problem. They don't show whether you're edging towards a problem. You can get a full thyroid panel done and I'll link to a few places that you can find them. But unless you have like insurance in the US, you will be paying for these. Um, You might not want to do that. 
just yet. Um, but equally, if you are, you know, if you are concerned, it might be worth the investment. I think you're probably looking at 150-ish, 180 pounds. If you can't afford to do that test, just do the normal one um, because that's going to, you know, let you know if there's anything serious going on. And then just continue to take care of your body by ensuring your stress levels are in check and really kind of working on your HPA axis, uh, keeping that healthy and happy. I've linked to a few articles on hyperthyroidism and links between hyperthyroidism and endo um, and what you're looking for when you're getting tested. Number seven is depression and anxiety. So research has found a strong association with endo, depression, and anxiety. They found that the chances of developing these are more likely for those of us with severe symptoms or those of us who lack a support network. So, you know, maybe our family doesn't really get it or doesn't understand or our friends are judging us or our partner doesn't believe us, that kind of thing. There's also research showing that chronic pain conditions can lead to mental health problems as well. Depression and anxiety have been shown to affect cognitive function, including memory and the ability to concentrate. And depression can also cause feelings of fatigue as well. I've linked to a really great article by Endometriosis Net on the connection between endo, anxiety and depression and to the NHS page on anxiety and depression. I'm also linking to mind.org on their guidance and my interview with Dr Jessica Drummond about building a support network. Okay, number eight is sleep deprivation. This is perhaps an obvious one, but honestly, it is just not given enough weight in this society. Sleep deprivation is an absolute worldwide problem and it is causing huge health issues. So less than seven and a half or eight hours sleep can significantly affect health and cognitive function, as well as, of course, energy. Sleep deprivation has shown to impair attention and short-term memory and long-term memory and even decision-making. Neurons can become overworked and the result can be similar to actually being drunk. Thinking is slowed and there's decreased reaction time. That's why it's so dangerous to drive when you're tired because it's equivalent to driving when you're drunk. The research into the effects of sleep deprivation, even just having six hours as opposed to seven and a half, is just absolutely endless and is now really undeniable. People with chronic illnesses actually may need more sleep and lessen the required amount of time. So the kind of scientific amount of time that they've determined is seven and a half to eight hours sleep. Um, but we might need more. And so having less than what we need can also cause inflammation, worsening pain, hormonal imbalances and depression and anxiety. Now, of course, it's obviously one thing if you're just staying up late watching Netflix, but it's another if you're unable to sleep at night. I have a basic sleep hygiene post so I'm gonna um, on Instagram, so I'm going to link to that. Um, I'm going to link to my article on the ways that sleep deprivation affects endometriosis. But also it's worth thinking about working on your HPA axis dysfunction, your blood sugar, because if you're having disturbed sleep, it could largely be in part down to having rising cortisol levels at night. They're either rising too early or they're staying up too kind of long um, and dysregulated blood sugar whilst you sleep. Again, with sleep, this might be something that you have to work on in the long term. Don't beat yourself up if you can't sleep well. 
it is something that we just have to work on and just starting small with some of my hygiene tips, sleep hygiene tips could be really, uh, could make a difference, but it is about perseverance um, and consistency and it may take some time. Number nine is inflammation. Of course, it was going to show up. So inflammation is a normal process in the body. It's a reaction from the immune system in response to some kind of harm. The body sends white blood cells to the area. So say you've had a wound to attack the kind of bacteria invaders, and this will create swelling and classic signs of inflammation like pain, heat, and redness. If you have chronic inflammation, your body is attacking something that can't necessarily go away. So with endo, the body is constantly sending out inflammation, but because your endo doesn't exist in a vacuum, this will eventually spread to the rest of the body as the rest of the body becomes kind of alert to there being a problem and it can't be solved. This can be compounded if you have gut health problems leading to leaky gut, which also causes inflammation in the body and can also contribute to brain fog and fatigue. Chronic inflammation can actually affect mitochondria function. So mitochondria exist in our cells and they're responsible for receiving glucose and turning it into energy. But inflammation can actually impair this process and so cause fatigue because we're unable to make energy properly. Additionally, inflammation can affect cognitive function. Research is showing a really strong link between inflammation and cognitive decline. Chronic inflammation can actually damage tissue and has been shown to reduce the size of brain cells and neuron function. So, of course, leading to brain fog. Reducing inflammation can start with nutrition, lifestyle, becoming more active. I've discussed previously some of the kind of key markers for inflammation, but obviously being stressed, having a pretty inactive lifestyle, eating a lot of trans fats, sugar, alcohol smoking, these all increase inflammation. I'm going to link to my episode on an anti-inflammatory lifestyle and anti-inflammatory nutrition and a couple articles. So hopefully that will give you some information to get started. But like I mentioned in my other episodes, these are just a focus on root causes rather than the solutions today. But obviously I'm going to give you links for further reading if you want to. Of course, if you just don't know where to get started with inflammation or you're just feeling a bit overwhelmed, um, my course that's coming out is a step-by-step process and you can take it at your own pace and covers nutrition for endometriosis, how and why inflammation affects endometriosis, how to reduce inflammation, supplements for inflammation and endometriosis, and lots more. Number 10 is chronic pain. Of course, chronic pain is a really big issue for brain fog and fatigue. You'll not imagine it. Pain makes it harder to think and drain your energy. Your brain responds to pain in several areas within the brain, if you were to look at it on a scan. And these areas are also used for other tasks. So the part of your brain used for memory, focus and concentration when you're in pain, are now being directed to pain and are being utilised for that. So there's less brain power and brain energy to focus on memory and concentration. And so you do actually end up having problems such as brain fog and mental exhaustion. Of course, being in constant pain all day, as you guys probably know, 
is physically and emotionally exhausting as well. So that can leave you feeling really fatigued and worn out. It's important here, like not to be hard on yourself and know that your brain is working overtime in this instant instance. And there are literally parts of the brain that are now being required for pain and can no longer focus on your task at work, for example. Rather than kind of getting caught up with that and trying to like power your way through the pain, start with addressing those areas of inflammation that I mentioned and trying to create a roadmap. Use my articles for creating a roadmap or use my free guide. Focus on what you can control so that over time you have less pain to deal with rather than trying to force yourself through dealing with pain. If you can rest in that moment that you're in pain, that's amazing. Obviously, if it's not practical to do, then utilize the free, utilize the in the moment pain relief tools that I've mentioned to you guys in the past. I'll link to those again. So to recap, the 10 root causes of fatigue and brain fog include dysregulated blood sugar, HPA axis dysfunction, SIBO, nutrient deficiencies and dehydration, celiac disease, hyperthyroidism, depression and anxiety, sleep deprivation, inflammation, and chronic pain. Of course, this list isn't exhaustive. There are obviously other causes of these symptoms, but this is some of the most common ones that I see with my clients and have been commonly associated with endometriosis in the research. Okay, I really hope this episode was useful for you. I know how debilitating brain fog and fatigue is. And in my experience with myself and my clients and in my training, honestly, I see blood sugar dysregulation, inflammation, and HP axis dysfunction as being some of the key culprits behind it. And even if you can't fully eliminate your brain fog and fatigue, changing those can make a really big difference. I would kind of say starting with blood sugar regulation would be the most important one here. Okay, let me know if this series has been helpful. Let me know if you would like me to do any other episodes like this. Um, I would love to hear what you think. So please reach out and let me know. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website which is www.thisendolife.com and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website Um, I've put the link in my show notes it's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. (laughs) 